You Can Mentor is a network that equips and encourages mentors and mentoring leaders to love God, love others, and make disciples in their own community. Learn more at youcanmentor.com or follow us on social media. You Can Mentor. Mr. John Bernard has released a book entitled Mephibosheth, The Search for Identity, Purpose, and Community. It's an amazing book, and I know it will encourage you and your fellow mentors. While you're at it, pick up my book, You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission, and Break Generational Curses. You can find both of these resources on Amazon or on our website. Lastly, follow us on social media, listen to the podcast, and share everything you find valuable with your mentoring friends. We're here for you, and we want to add value in whatever way we can. Thank you so much. You can mentor. We here at You Can Mentor are toying around with the idea of having a mentoring gathering or conference where mentoring leaders can come, get encouraged and equipped as they lead their ministries. Our goal in this is to create a safe and fun environment where mentors can share stories of struggles and successes while bonding together with their mentoring team and other mentoring leaders all across the country. If you lead a team of mentors and are interested in learning more about this gathering, please reach out to us. We'd love to pick your brain on how to create a gathering that best serves you and your team. Since this is our first year doing it, we want as much input as possible to create the best experience as possible. Thanks, you can mentor. Mentoring leaders, are you looking for a place to discuss important mentoring issues with other people who are passionate about mentoring? If so, let me introduce You Can Mentor Learning Labs, a monthly call with other mentoring leaders to support each other as we lead mentoring organizations and other mentors. Each call will focus on a topic and allow you to share as well as hear from others on the struggles and successes they have had regarding this specific topic. To sign up, please reach out to Zach Garza at Zach at YouCanMentor.com or find us on social media. Thank you. Remember, you can mentor. Mm, welcome. <laughs> what was that mm beforehand? Hello, listener. John here with Zach. Yeah, that's much better. Zach's here. Here we are. We are ready to... We're, 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 you know what we're doing? We're gearing up for getting down today. That's the, <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. Gearing up to get down, huh? Oh, yeah. Man, you're on fire right now. We're going to talk about some good stuff today, Zach. Yes, we are. You And you brought this, too. I brought this. From the mind of Zach. This was me. Mentors out there and potential mentors, get ready for this. Buckle up. Because we've got some good stuff coming at you. Not only is this, in theory, really well done, but, but practically speaking, today, Zach, you've brought some tools for our tool belt. Man, you are all business right now. Yeah. You're just like... You remind me of a radio DJ. Is that right? Yeah, you're, you're on point it's right now. It's a lost art, I think. Well, your voice is really good for the airwaves. Mm, I've got a real <laughs> face for radio. I don't, I don't understand the mmms, though. It's like I'm contemplating it, you know, with our listeners. It's something that, that we're just doing together. That's all. All right. Well, we're, we are going to talk about mentoring today, and it's going to be good. John, I think you're right on that. Oh, yeah. Is it okay that I say that what I created is good? Oh, if when it is. 
objectively speaking. But do I know when it's not? Absolutely. Listener, this is something that I want you to realize. This is a little bonus, okay? This is free. When you do something or create something good, it's okay to be confident about that. You're not being prideful, okay? Mm-hmm. So you, you be proud of yourself in that. That's good. I All think right. I need to hear that. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so for, for today, we are going to talk about something that good mentors do. Mm-hmm. And this is very important. In fact, I would say that this thing that we're about to talk about is very simple, so much so that you might not even think about it a lot. But as I've gotten older and as I have grown in my knowledge of how to have productive relationships, this thing right here, this key is key. This key is key. So well spoken. Thank you. And what we're talking about is we're talking about good mentors do not take offense. They just don't do it. Mm -hmm. This is incredibly difficult to do, to stay unoffended, but man, is it important. Would you say that it's harder today than it's ever been in the history of mankind to not be offended? I think there's a lot of ways to be offended. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that, I think that we've created ways that we can get offended. I mean, especially now with these cell phones and the texting the texting offends you? No. <laughs> no, the texting doesn't offend me, but there's a lot of ways to be offended in the texting. Oh, there's, that's right. It's, it's a way to communicate, and mm-hmm. we don't get nuance. We don't get inflection sometimes. Yes. I feel like I've texted you at times with, with very funny things, and I just kind of wait for an answer or a reply, maybe an LOL, maybe a skull and crossbones. That's what the kids do. And then just nothing. You are offended right now. And that's, yeah, it's, it's making me, it's reminding me how offended I am. You've made this personal. Okay, so this is why we're talking about this, is because I was reminded about this truth just this past week. I was hanging out with my mentor. His name's Steve Allen. He has been on the podcast. And Steve is a mighty man of God. And I realized this thing about Steve this week, and it kind of blew my mind. And what I realized is this, Steve is unashamed in his pursuit of me. He is not afraid to call me. He's not afraid to leave voicemails. He's not afraid to leave voice memos. He's not afraid to challenge me. And it's almost like every time we talk, he is giving me opportunities to grow in my faith as a husband, as a father, as a man of God. And he never gets offended. So like he's consistently, Hey Zach, I want you to read this book. I want you to listen to this podcast. I want you to, I want you to get this scripture and put it on your heart. I want to have you memorize it. And I really only do about one out of every 10 things that he asked me to do. Mm. And I was thinking about that today or not today, but I was thinking about that this week about just how he doesn't get offended how he's continuously asking me to do things and I'm continually not doing them. Mm-hmm. And yet he stays in the game. So he doesn't get discouraged. He doesn't kind of come at you to say, Hey, did you do these things? And then you say, well, no. And then he says, well, then fine. Doesn't do I'm, that. He just stays in the game. As you say, he just continues to shoot a shot, mm. continues to toss me pitches. Okay. And sometimes I hit him, but most of the time I don't. Mm-hmm. And it's the most remarkable thing. And he's been doing this. I mean, we've been friends for almost 15 years. Yeah. And he's been doing this time after time, after time, after time. And it just hit me this week. I'm like, oh my gosh, Steve is unoffendable. Mm -hmm. 
Man, that's the good stuff. That's where we should be, right? That's Isn't that a goal for us as a, as a mentor, just as, as a person in general? I mean, I think it is. I think that is the goal. So that got me thinking about how I relate to other people and how often I get offended. I mean, I get offended if my wife doesn't wash her dishes. I get offended if my kids don't pick up their clothes. I get offended if John doesn't text me back whenever I send him a text, which that does happen sometimes, John. It's happened. It might've happened before. I, I might've been calling the kettle black. Is that right? Is that the expression? <laughs> All I'm saying is I am really good at taking offense. Mm-hmm. And let me just kind of get this, give give us a working definition, Zach, of like being offended, taking offense. Is it, in other words, taking it personal? Is that, is that something that we want to say? Like, you know, is it, is it being angry? Is it, I just, when I think of being offended, I think of like something happening that I have the decision on, am I going to take this personal? Am I going to like, let this rock me to the core? Am I going to let, am I going to be bugged by this? Like, what do you, what do you talking here? How's, how's, how can we best kind of know when we're being offended by something or maybe when we should see, oh, well, this is an issue that needs to be addressed or this is something that I should talk about in a healthy way. And but being offended is a bad thing, right? It's, are we taking it to a point that, that we shouldn't? I think what you said is true is taking, taking it personal and just do you catch yourself trying to get out of the relationship. Okay. Making a decision maybe that wouldn't be right for the relationship based on your feeling. And that right there, that phrase, making a choice is something that I really want to focus in on. Okay. Okay. So let's start talking about this. Awesome. Like really talking about it. Let's get in. Let's gear up to get down. Let's, you know what? Let's, let's put down the pleasantries, Zach. All right. We don't have time for that. Let's get to the core of this. I want to get to the meat. Let's get down to business. (laughs) All right. So when dealing with mentoring and really this goes in any relationship you have, but we're talking about mentoring because it's a mentoring podcast. We're talking about it. You know that it's not always going to be perfect. Mistakes will happen, especially when you're dealing with kids. Okay. And let's be honest. Kids have a really good ability to make mistakes. Yes. They're offensive. (laughs) Kids are pretty stinking (laughs) offensive. Okay. Especially when like you as a mentor, like the reason why you mentor is because you said, Hey, I have a heart. I have a desire to try to help this kid out, to try to make their life better. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is extremely difficult when that doesn't happen or even worse, whenever you're mentoring a kid and it seems like their life is actually getting worse. That is very hard to handle Mm -hmm. as a mentor. And there are plenty of ways whenever this happens, whenever things quote unquote, don't go your way, there are plenty of opportunities to choose to be offended. John, what are some of those opportunities? Listen, I mean, start off right off the bat, right? Let's say that this is something that you've got a a weekly meeting and you as a mentor have put everything aside for this mentee, right? You've made sacrifices. You got up, you got showered, you got dressed. I mean, you're there. You're excited about this. You've got, you came up with the wittiest of questions and then guess what? They don't show. Doesn't show up. Just right off the bat. Like they're not even there. Right? How dare you kid? Don't you know how important I am? Don't you know how busy I am? Don't you know what I went through to make this meeting happen? I could be anywhere right now, but I'm, but I, but I'm here for you and you don't even have the common decency to do what I did. To do what I did? Yeah. To show up. To show up. (laughs) (laughs) 
that has happened to me more times than I can shake a stick at. Yeah. There, sir. Yeah. All what's right. your, what's your, you know, do you have like a system? Did you back with meeting with a kid? Did you kind of have like that 15 minutes and then I walk kind of thing? Or how did you deal with it? Oh man, that is the most awkward thing in the world. Yeah. Like, how long do how I long really do give them? I think, I mean, yeah, that's different. This is dangerous, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. answer. Yeah. You, I don't want to answer that. You know what you do? You stay there the whole time. If it was, it was, if it was to be an hour, you stay there the whole hour. And just pray. Yeah. You just pray and you just, <laughs> you just write your Devo. No, if you're anything like me, you sit there for an hour and you just stew and mm-hmm. you just get super angry. Arms crossed. Oh, arms. I mean, you have a furrowed brow. Yeah. Like no brow has ever been furrowed. But look, the kid might show up, but then what, guess what else you got to worry about these days? Just them sitting there on their phone the whole time. Oh, that is the worst. Whenever you're trying to have a conversation with the kid and they're just sitting there on TikTok, checking yeah. out the newest dance move. Yeah. Goodness. Hey, we've talked about this before so that you're not the one who's in the wrong when, but when you're sitting across the table with what's the relationship that, that, you know, just again, to remind the mentor here, like what's their relationship with their phone? Is it, are you a leave it in the pocket? Are you leave it out on the table? Or you flip it over on the table? I would say don't take it out at all. Not at all. But I am a table on the table flipped over. On the table guy. upside down. Yeah. Which okay. is 85% polite. Yeah. But 15% like Come on, dude. But let's say your wife is, is, is about to have a baby. Don't go there. We're talking about mentoring here. Okay, We're not talking about wives having babies. Okay. So kid doesn't show up. Kid's on his phone. What if the kid doesn't pick up his phone? He quote unquote ghosts you, dog. Oh, okay. When you're trying to reach them. Yes. Okay. What if he ghosts you for a couple of days or maybe even a week? Yeah. That's a powerless feeling. Golly. There's nothing you can do. What if he says something rude, mm-hmm. whether to you or even worse to your family? What if you invite your mentee over and he's mean to your kid. Yeah. That has happened before. Okay. That is, that's really easy to get offended at. Yeah. Can I just interject a story here? Sure. So I was doing, did you ever do D now weekends, disciple, discipleship now weekends? No, I didn't grow up Baptist, but I think that's a real Baptist thing. That's a real Baptist thing. So, so our Baptist listeners out there, (laughs) um, just praying for you, you know? (laughs) So D now weekends were something that you, they were like fall retreats. So you have this little house full of kids and I can remember as a college student, I was so cool back then, man, skater, you know, guitar player, uh, Honda Accord driver. Yeah, yeah. I was the guy. And so any group was really happy to have me. Well, here I was Friday night. We're just getting started. You know, great house that we're in. So much pizza. Yeah. Pizza everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Doritos, Cool Ranch Doritos, cream soda, you know, mm. just a real popular kind of thing back then. And here I am connecting with this group of kids, man, high school guys. Everybody's digging me, you know, cause I'm cool. And late in that evening, we we're heading out the door to go play basketball yet again. And then Jason turns around right in the doorway, dude. Okay. The whole group's in front of me, you know, I'm heading out there to hang out with these guys and just, man, iron sharpening iron. Like we are, we are bonding. This is going to be great. Jason stops, turns around and looks at me dead in the eye and says, Hey, are you going to be following us around all weekend? And man, it was a dagger. I was like, talk about offended. That was it. So, like, yes, Jason, I am. <laughs> Are you going to follow us around all weekend? So all that to say, you know, here I was thinking I was just kind of naturally con- connecting with all these guys. Mm-hmm. And Jason was like, when is this guy going to leave us alone? And this is what's so crazy about mentoring relationships. The kid, for some reason, and I did this too, they're going to make you feel like they don't like you. Mm-hmm. But really they do. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I don't understand it, but Okay. What, what about when your kid lacks important communication skills? Yeah. The inability even to communicate with you. They're just um, surprise, surprise. They are fairly self-absorbed and they're not really thinking about how you might feel Mm -hmm. or how they're going to come across Mm -hmm. or how their 
inability to communicate or do anything that is considerate might impact you. What about whenever they don't listen to you? So, Hey man, you should probably do this or you should probably Mm -hmm. do that. You should probably, and they're just like, yeah, no. Yeah. Like you give great advice and you're really kind of proud of that. Great advice. You know, it's, it's, it's really relevant. And, and then they even agree to it. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm making a difference. What Mm -hmm. you do is you walk out of that meeting saying, I'm making a difference as a mentor. A couple of days later, you realize they did the exact opposite. Yeah. Which is extremely difficult whenever you're in a faith-based mentoring relationship and your mentee is consistently and blatantly walking in sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, that is very, very difficult. It is hard to continue to meet with your mentee on a consistent basis, knowing that they are okay with sinning. What do you do there? It is hard to stay in the game whenever that's happening. And so John and I have talked about choosing to take an offense. We understand that there are times whenever you need to have these important conversations. It's okay to talk to your mentee when the time is right, whenever you feel like the opportunity is there about, hey man, whenever you didn't text me back for a month, that really hurt my feelings. Or, hey man, I'm super concerned about you and you're having sex or you're doing drugs, drinking alcohol. Those are all okay conversations to have for sure. What we're talking about is getting offended is your reaction to how they're treating you or what they do. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. I sure hope that that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. Again, I I think it's put well when we understand that this is the idea of the hurt happens, right? We could even, if we want to even call it the offense, let's just say that your mentee kind of performs that offense in some way, whether it's what we mentioned or something else. And then we have that opportunity to respond to it, right? Life is, life is not what happens to us. Life is, is how we respond to what happens to us. So we react negatively in two ways, right? There's, the, there's that external reaction, and that's going to look like anger, frustration, that we take a harsh tone. It's when you know someone is, is not right in that, in that time, right? Or you can react internally. This is kind of the shutdown. And I'll tell you this, Zach, this is kind of my MO, man. You know, you can always know with me, as kind of easygoing guy when I'm not doing too great. And you know, you've asked me before, like, hey, is everything okay? And you know why? Because I just kind of stop talking. I, I do the shutdown, okay? Listeners out there, if you're thoughtful, intelligent, attractive people like me, I understand that you're probably this way as well. We just kind of, we kind of quit. And you know, this, this is the danger, mentors, because here's what we can do. We can, we can shut down and we can stop pursuing. I think, Zach, you put it really well, unashamed. You know, Steve was unashamed in his pursuit. And I think that when we begin to feel powerless in our mentor relationship, we can, for some reason, try to kind of gain some power back by, by shutting down in some ways and saying, oh, okay, well, if you're not going to respond the way I wish you would, then I'm going to begin to kind of maybe curb some of that love for you, you know? And we wouldn't say it that way, but, but if we're not careful, that's exactly what we're doing, right? So we're going to kind of shut it down because we're not getting what we expected out of that, so... Both create obstacles in the mentoring relationship that will stop progress and at, at, at its best. And, and then at the end, at, at the worst, it will work to maybe end that relationship. And that's something we never want to do. So let's take a second right there just to, just, just to pause. Whenever we're hanging out with really anyone, but especially kids, there, is going to be, there are going to be ample opportunities to choose to be offended. They are going to hurt you. They are going to be rude. They are going to disrespect you. It's just going to happen. But our reaction, what we choose to do next is absolutely vital 
in our mentoring relationships. So what is our main job as mentors? Yes, it's our job to teach them some things. It's our job to be there, to show up. All of that is great, needed. But our absolute number one job in faith-based mentoring is to reflect Jesus Christ. It is to represent Jesus in a way that maybe our mentees have never experienced before. It's to represent the person of Jesus. It is our prayer that when your mentee hangs out with you, they tangibly experience the person of Jesus Christ. So what was Jesus like? John, what was Jesus like? You well, haven't seen The Chosen because you, for some reason, refused to watch it. I'm going to choose in this moment not to be offended <laughs> by what you're, what you're serving up. But right. why I love The Chosen is because yeah. you get to actually see it. Now, I, obviously, let's all open up our Bibles and let's see what Jesus is like. Sure. But what do you think of when you think of the person of Jesus? I mean, it's the, it's the fruits, right? It is, and, it, and it's these things defined. It is because God is patience and he is kindness and he is gentleness. And these are the things that we get to reflect on a moment by moment basis with our mentees and with those people in our lives, the compassion. And that's what we get to, that's what we have the opportunity to exercise. And unfortunately, Zach, the, the issue is these fruits are often shown best in circumstances that they are challenged, right? I mean, we pray for patience, but we really don't want certain situations in our lives that that bring about the opportunity for us to exercise it, right? Yeah. And so here, here we go. This is kind of that, that funny catch 22 about this is that in order for us to be Jesus to our mentees, oftentimes it, it often requires that our mentees really kind of show the fact that they, that they need us to be these things in their lives. And that's not an easy thing to do. Like, I think it's so crazy that the Lord continued to be in relationship with these 12, knowing that almost all of them would desert him whenever he needed them the most. I mean, he continued to pursue Judas whenever he knew that Judas was going to betray him. At the cross, the only one left there was John. Everyone else was gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Peter. Peter denied him three times. I don't know who you are. I have no idea who you're talking about. And Jesus knew that. And yet he refused to be offended and continued to pursue. I mean, that is... If you truly stop and think about that, there are so many words that I can say that describe that action. I mean, it's, it is selfless. It is faith filled. I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous feat. Absolutely. And, and, and number one, to me, it's just purposeful, right? To say, this is my purpose and I will not be swayed by circumstances. You know, what a wonderful thing to be able to, you never, you'd never tell your mentee this, but to say, Despite anything that you'd ever do, any, any way that you might ever try to even offend me, I will continue to love you with the unfailing love of God, right? I mean, that's almost, it almost sounds like it's combative in a way, but it's such a beautiful, wonderful, difficult thing to, to be able to express of saying that, man, I want to love people with the kind of love that, that, that never wanes because of their resistance even to it. And I can talk all day about Peter and about people who have failed Jesus, but I want to talk about myself. Like I am, I am consistently failing the Lord. Like I am, there are times when he asks me to do things and I just straight up don't do them. Mm -hmm. And I give him ample opportunities to leave me because I don't quote unquote perform like I should, but he never does. The person, the person of Jesus never leaves me. 
he doesn't ever sit me down and use a harsh tone and doesn't ever shout at me. He doesn't ever shut down and abandon me and stop talking to me. His actions never leave me wondering what his heart is towards me. Instead, what I, what I feel and what I see when I, when I think about Jesus is someone who's faithful, who's going to pursue no matter what, who will never leave me. And it's exactly like what you just said, John. I love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that is the kind of person that we are called to be in our mentoring relationship. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of mentor that I want to be. The Lord doesn't take offense. Neither should we. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, my friend. Absolutely. I see a lot of mentors who come to me or they call me and they talk about quitting their mentor relationship. Obviously that's fine if there's like a move or like a job change or, Hey, I'm having a kid or da, da, da. I get that. But I don't quite understand how you can quit a mentor relationship whenever you feel like you're not getting anywhere or my kid's not listening to me or my kid's being disrespectful or my kid's acting like a kid, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially a kid who's hurt because hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Or when they say this isn't working, this is a waste of my time. Even worse is whenever this kid is at his worst, they are failing school or they're having sex or they're doing drugs or they're in a gang or anything. And you leave them because of that. You know, that is really hard for me to, it's really hard to have me comprehend. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think most of that, it seems like might just be kind of rooted in that, that expectation. You know, again, what did you expect? Right. Something that I love about our faith is that the Lord sees as an act of worship, the fact that we bring him our worst, right? Instead of us kind of preparing um, the very best of what we can come up with and then offering it to him as if that's going to be acceptable to him. He says, no, I'm not, I'm not looking for you to present yourself because your righteousness is filthy rags. In fact, what I want from you, your greatest act of worship is going to be that you bring me your sin, that you bring me that which is filthy, that you bring me that which is unacceptable and let me take care of that, Right. So I think about that even within the context of this mentor-mentee relationship, this idea that I think what we would hope to, to do is just be so effective, right? And so efficient in our leadership or our support that it will be the type of thing that someone will write a book about or, you know, that it'll be one of these, one of these stand and deliver kind of movies when someone of margin comes into the lives of these people who have been forgotten or, or marginalized completely and really makes a difference, you know, within an hour and a half or a semester and thinking, well, I'm just going to turn these lives around instead of the fact that we remember that our God desires that we bring him that which is, which is putrid and, and he is pleased by that because then he can do work with that. And so that we would understand that our mentees, when we just kind of even realize that, that we can want to be at a place where we can relate to them at their lowest because they realize that we are not going to forsake them, that we're not going to deny them. Not, we're not looking for performance out of them, right? We don't want them to clean themselves up before they come to us. But in fact, we want to share in their lives and we want to be there for them, realizing that we will remain faithful, even though we can even maybe count on them being unfaithful or, or, the, or inconsistent, right? In a mentor-mentee relationship, it is not defined and it is not about the mentee's performance or about the mentee's inconsistency. It is about, it's about the mentee's needs, right? 
they're the one who they're the ones who have needs. The mentors are the ones who should be prepared and ready and and prayed up and armored up and willing to get into that fight and say, "What have you got? I'm here. Let's let's connect." And and no matter what, one hundred percent, John. And and I want you to hear me say that if you're in a mentoring relationship and it's just not going well, I mean, it doesn't look like you're making an impact. It doesn't look like you're effective. I have compassion for you. Like that's, that, that's an extremely difficult spot to Mm -hmm. be. But what I am saying is maybe that's when your mentee needs you the most. Mm -hmm. And so often in mentoring relationships, what's going on on the surface is not what's really truly going on in their heart. One of my favorite sayings is if you don't quit, you win eventually, eventually the Lord is going to be faithful, Mm -hmm. even if you see it or not. So let's talk about how, how to stay in the mentoring game whenever it's, it seems like all is going wrong. Absolutely. And I think everything that you just said, John, to anticipate the disappointment, anticipate the conflict, know that things are going to go wrong. And just to be prepared for that, to you yourself, what are the things that you can control? You can pray for them. You can be spending time with the Lord. You can be asking for more faith. Those are the things that you can control and everything else is up to God. Mm-hmm. What are some more things, John? Oh, I think that, I think that overlooking the offense and what that, what, you know, okay. So how do we, how do we stay in the game? Will we overlook the offense? And that to me, maybe in itself might feel like, well, okay, well, how do we do that? I would, I would do this. I would kind of think about this. Whenever we kind of feel the, the pang, is that a word? It is now. Let's say when you say something to me, Zach, that it just really cuts to the bone. All right. When I feel that, that pain, what I want to do is I want to question that like, Hey, Ooh, why did that make me like, why did that offend me? Why did that make me feel even negative in some way? Really get down to the, I think it's, it's a point that we kind of become the detective of our own thoughts and feelings to say, I want to spend some time with it. Why did this comment so easily offend me that this person could just make this statement or ask this question even? And we start to feel hurt right off the bat. And that I think is really an important thing to do. So we start to kind of know ourselves in that. We start to maybe even offer that issue up to the Lord. Maybe they touched on something that we feel insecure about. Maybe it touched on something that we haven't dealt with. And so we grab onto that. We offer that to the Lord. But I think also this idea of being able to overlook that offense is to say, you know what? I want to strip all of this of, of all the emotion that I may be attached to it. Okay. I want to go back to like an issue of, of parenting, something that I learned early on. I can't remember who taught this to me or, or how it was kind of gained, but well, I can also probably say that it was based on my own, you know, how you kind of learn how to parent when you look back at the good and the bad of, of what our parents did to yeah. us. Right. Yeah. I can remember that there were times when it came to discipline that I very much felt like my parent was being very emotional in the time. And when my parent was emotional, it created the, the largest amount of fear in my heart because of the unpredictability of that, right? And so it reminded me that as a parent, I wanted to really make sure that my kids knew that everything was stable, that everything was okay, that even in, the, in, a, in a matter of my having to discipline them in that moment, that I was in control and that I was doing this completely like that my emotions were in check, that I was all here mentally, that everything, that everything was fine. I can remember having to discipline my young children and being able to say, I love you very much. And what I'm having to do right now in disciplining you is not making me happy. So 
even though, again, we've got to deal with this situation. It doesn't change the fact of how much I love you. And and I'll tell you, my kid maybe wasn't happy to hear that because they, they knew what was coming. However, I knew that it really served them well to know that I was not responding in, a, in an unpredictable, emotional way. And so, just a reminder that in overlooking this offense, it's a lot easier to do once you've kind of checked yourself and said, I really want to strip this completely of, of any of its emotional power that would make me do or say something that I'm later going to regret. Yeah, it's probably never a good idea to react in emotion. Right. I mean, that very rarely does that go well. Yeah. Oh, wow. I wasn't going to pay attention, but now that you're yelling at me, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a proverb, 1911, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 1819, a man offended is more unyielding than a strong city. So the Bible is pretty clear about just the power of offense. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Okay. So how do you stay in the mentoring game? Anticipate the conflict, know that they're kids, know that they are going to disappoint you. They are going to offend you, or they are going to give you opportunities to be offended. It's our job to overlook an offense and to choose our battles well. Okay. So if you nitpick everything, that is a exhausting exercise. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just going to be having conversation after conversation after conversation, and that's not fun for you. And it's not fun for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's our job as adults, as mature people who follow Jesus Christ to form thick skin. Absolutely. It is a wonderful, freeing way to live our lives, isn't it? When we, when we just have thick skin, mm-hmm. when it's kind of hard to offend us, yeah. we can laugh things off. We can just kind of see things for how they are. Sometimes it's just a matter of kind of when we might even see like the situation maybe behind the wheel, right? How often are we kind of so quickly offended even as a driver? I know I get that way real quick because I just have this guy cut me off. And oh man, doesn't he know how important I am? I'm going to speed up to him and I'm not going to look at him, but just <laughs> scowl. Right. We, we play these little petty games as drivers sometimes because we are made to feel like we are not important. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good reminder of, to us as well. And you guys, what about that transgression? What if we have you know, a terrible driving experience on our way to meet with our mentee? And then we get into that, that room and we're kind of already started, right? Like the, we already have some chinks in our armor. We, we had already prayed, Lord, be with me, you know, and embolden me, empower me, protect me, allow me to be able to speak truth. And yet on the way there, you know, you've, you just thought some really terrible things about other drivers. Well, this is all the reason more that we just understand, you know what? I, my, my state of mind is not on the table. You know, that drive over there or those words spoken by my mentee or their body language or whatever else, Lord, that I can choose to be offended by, I'm just not going to be. And so, allow me just to enjoy this time to see the need at every step when I would rather feel offended in my flesh, God, by your spirit, allow me to be encouraged to pray for my mentee in that situation. And I think it's really important that we are secure in who we are in Christ, Mm -hmm. that we don't need the mentee to validate us. We don't need them to perform a certain way to make ourselves look good or feel good. So that's how you stay in the mentoring game, regardless of what your mentee is doing. Everyone wants the story. Yeah, my mentee was going down a bad road. Then I showed up and now he's going to Harvard and he's going to become a doctor. Everyone wants that. Mm -hmm. However, there's also people out there who showed up every week, 
who they prayed and they invited their mentee into their home and they did everything right. And yet their mentee still acted in a way that might not have been the best. Mm -hmm. I mean, that happens, but we can't control our mentees lives. We have no idea what's going to happen. It's just our job to toss seeds and it's the Lord's job to do what he wants to in his timing with those seeds. So we've talked about how to stay in this game, right? And these are some practical helps. These are, these are really good points, but let's remember, and let's talk about now, what are the main things, right? In this mentoring relationship and how do we keep the main things, the main things, Zach? Yeah, like I, I want my mentee to have good character. I want them to do well in school, but I also have to know that my main job as a mentor is to help this mentee experience the love of Jesus through our relationship, The main thing is me consistently showing up. The main thing is me encouraging them and loving them no matter what. The main thing is my mentee knows that he knows that he knows that no matter how he acts or what he does, I'm going to be in his corner. Now, I'm not saying don't pay attention to those other things, but what I am saying is let's make sure and focus on the main things. And we ultimately have to trust God's sovereignty, that the Lord loves this kid more than we do. And he has something for their life and he's in control and he's going to make it happen whenever he darn well pleases. Absolutely. This, this person may be our mentee, but, but first and foremost, they are God's child, Mm -hmm. right? So he is sovereign. He has a plan. He has been taking care to get this mentee to where he or she is up to this point long before we ever came into their lives. Right. And so, so thankfully we are not their savior. They have a savior. His name is Jesus. We get to be a part of, of, the many, hopefully, in this person's life who will continue to remind that and to reflect God's love as well. So, man, I tell you what, that trusting God's sovereignty in all things is so important. And I think is something that on a moment by moment basis, I mean, we, this is the thing that we need to cross stitch on the pillow. This is the thing that we need to write over the door frames, like trusting that, that God is sovereign, that his plan is cannot be beaten, that he is good. These are the things that I think really get us through more than anything else. It's not our job to fix our mentee. It's our job to love our mentee. And one question that we have to ask ourselves often isn't how is the mentee doing, but it's how are we doing and faithfulness over fruitfulness. So let's focus on, are we being faithful? Let's focus on, are we being obedient to what the Lord is asking us to do? And if we can be faithful and if we can be obedient And most of the time that looks like showing up consistently, that looks like being encouraging, that looks like you living your life in such a way that makes them say, huh, how come they are acting like that? How come they responded this way whenever most people respond that way? If you can be faithful and obedient, then that's about as well as we can do as mentors. Yeah. So in college... Did you take tennis in college also? Do I look like I took tennis? I, I, that would be a sight to see. Like, would you have a regular size racket? I actually think tall people are tennis are good at tennis. They're good at tennis because yeah. the net's lower. Right. It's almost like when you're taller, the, the mm-hmm. goal is, is lower in basketball. Yeah. So in tennis, you can jump over the tennis, the, the, the net without kind of grabbing it, right? You could just jump over it. You could mm-hmm. step over it with those legs? Yes. Okay. So like me, maybe you wanted to, but I did take a couple of semesters of tennis because, man, it was easy got those PE creds. I remember a video, Zach. It was a certain Andre Agassi. Do you remember that? Yes. Remember that guy? And it was one of his instructional videos that we were watching. And this was like Andre when he still kind of had the hair. He had the the mullet. And he said something really important that really speaks to this point, Zach. That's where I'm going. And he said, 
oftentimes with your tennis, you are going to want to feel like you're not progressing. And he says, but here, here's what I want you to remember. Each day, just, just remember this, that you're only needing to get a day's worth better. And I think we can kind of relate that into our relationship when it, with our mentee when it comes to timing. And when we feel like, ah, oh, I've just kind of hit a plateau. I'm not seeing things develop or whatever else. Listen, I think sometimes when we just understand that, that that hour that we get, maybe one day a week, we want this relationship to grow at a pace, just an hour's worth more. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, what would it mean just to spend time with our mentee to be able to be consistent, to be faithful, to be, to be positive and encouraging and realize, you know what, if I can just do that, let me be responsible for just the time that I have and realize that God's timing is perfect. That would be so good to kind of temper our expectations and realize that we are playing the long game here. Yeah. I think it's always important to remember that mentoring is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a wise word. Just focus in on loving them today, focusing on loving, on supporting them today, on being obedient to what the Lord has for you today with your mentee. And then tomorrow's a new day. Always. That's great. Mentors, if you cannot be offended in your mentoring relationship, that is a really, really, really good thing. And it's only going to help. And it so, will bleed over into every relationship in your life, by the way, isn't it? This is what's wonderful about that. Sometimes it will inform, you know, we have these relationship issues that kind of inform our mentor-mentee relationship. And sometimes as we are so thoughtful and mindful of our mentor-mentee relationship, it informs all the other relationships in our lives as well. So don't build up any walls of, of how you can kind of apply these things as well. It's, it's pretty much how you will relate to everyone in your life when they're going to realize, hey, man, you just seem like you're doing really well these days. And you're like, well, you know what? It is because I've just kind of given these things to the Lord and I'm thinking about the intentionality. I'm listening to this amazing podcast now over mentors, uh, about mentoring, uh, hosted by two friends. I would call them friends even at this point. Uh, Zach and John, they're just these two great guys. They live in, they live in Waco, wherever that is. And um, I just really enjoy being equipped and encouraged by them every Thursday morning. <laughs> When their when their pod when their pod drops yeah. onto the the apps, so much so that I'm going to pick up their books. I'm going to read their books <laughs> too. Shameless my friends' plugs. books. Oh man! You can mentor by Zach Garza and Mephibosheth. Wow, you said that perfectly. The power of identity, purpose, and community. Well, the search for the but, search for. Sorry. Oh my gosh! Amazon just broke. <laughs> All right, our mentors don't like us right now. All right, mentors, remember you can mentor. Hey, holler at us, okay? Send us emails. Tag us on that DM, bro. We are fixing to launch a new website. Go check that out. And if you're with a mentoring organization, I, I know that you've checked out by now, but let us put our your organization on our website. That's right. So people can learn about you, mm -hmm. from you. In terms of in, like being able to interview these representatives, correct? Well, yeah, but more so just like, give us your name and we'll link it to your website. Oh yeah, we can do that without even bugging you. Yeah. We won't call you or anything. We'll just do it without permission. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're getting off course here. We love you. We believe in you. You can mentor Lord Jesus. Would you bless these people listening to our podcast? In Jesus name. Amen. amen. And remember, you can mentor. <laughs> Next time. <laughs>